This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, 90s kid, let's go to the mall. And on the way, we're just going to keep talking about cute boys because you're listening to part two of the great pop culture debate on the best 90s teen heartthrobs. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, and joining me again are my panelists, Curtis Creekmore, Kara Austin, and Kate Regulia. You totally got the note I slipped in your locker that covered all the picks we made in part one, right? If you spaced, head to thegreatpopculturedebate.com and get into it. Once you're up to speed, and I don't mean a bus that explodes if it goes under 50 miles per hour, let's continue whittling the studly 16 down to the Elite Eight. Welcome back to the Great Pop Culture Debate 90s Teen Heartthrob Edition. Things are about to get even steamier as we go into round two. We have uh, a unanimous victor in round one, Leonardo DiCaprio versus Christian Slater. Kara, talk to me about Leo. I know you have some thoughts. Leo is not just king of the world. He is king of the 90s heartthrobs. Um, when Titanic came out, especially he was, that was I think when it, it got larger than life, but I mean, Romeo and Juliet, Basketball Diaries, Marvin's Room, which is, I guess, not as big as the other ones. But he <laughs> super had, hot, Marvin's super Room. But, like, Excuse I, me, what? I, it's, he was with De Niro in that one. Is it De Niro and, is it Meryl Streep? I'm trying to think who else is in that movie. Um, but basically, like, once I got, once I got bit by the DiCaprio bug, I, like, went to the local video store and got every title he was in. I had the posters. I had a poster of both him and Claire Danes and Romeo and Juliet. And then, like, it was my birthday or something. My dad brought me to the mall to pick out a poster that I wanted to get. And I found one of him in Romeo and Juliet. But he's, like, smoking. He's, like, sitting on that, bit, like, the abandoned amusement park. And I didn't show it to my dad. I just basically was like, this is what I want. He bought it for me. And then my brother <laughs> ratted me out later. Kara has a picture of someone smoking in her room. (laughs) And I defended the poster as strongly as I'm defending him right now. He's just beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. The eyes. um, He's just like, he, teen heart, he just rose above it to a completely different level. Kara, will you paint me like one of your French girls? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. If only he'd paint me like one of his French girls. I mean, the greatest, the greatest disappointment of that movie is that's James Cameron drawing the picture of Kate Winslet, not Leonardo DiCaprio. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, He's all, yeah. And if you look at the hands, they're old man hands when they're drawing it. I I know a lot. I want to unknow that. (laughs) (laughs) Kara, I love everything you just said. That's exactly what I was looking for when I was like, oh, 90s teen heartthrobs, because that is a quintessentially 90s teen heartthrob story. I took every like eight and a half by 11 page out of the teen like beat magazines and i had it like a a a, uh, like wallpaper border in my room going along the top at the ceiling level all the way around (laughs) i I love love this i cherish this moment it's 90 pound molding (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's the ship lap of the 90s it is perfection um i'm not going to really argue strongly for christian slater i will say that i think you pointed out that heathers was technically the 80s but i still think it kind of pushed over into the 90s it was a very influential movie he also had pump up the volume he was i think curtis said earlier that heath ledger was the only good modern joker was that you Kara? that's what i said yeah i think you could argue that christian slater in heathers is also essentially a modern joker <laughs> 
And he's really good in that movie. He's still likable and fuckable. And he's just like killing everyone. But you're just like, okay, maybe he's not such a bad guy, you know, like the hair. Um, But I I 100% agree. I'm not going to argue. I think Leonardo DiCaprio has to jump over Christian Slater to advance. Does anyone disagree? I actually have Christian Slater. I'm looking at my bracket now. And I... I think I would be willing to jump over to Leonardo, but I think I need to say that Christian Slater has also aged very well. And um, Mr. Robot, his character in Mr. Robot is basically his character in Heather's grown up. Think about that. (laughs) It's a continuation. Um, I will say that I think that Christian Slater has aged better than Leonardo DiCaprio, frankly. I mean, I think Leo that's has, the truth. Like, yeah. Yeah, my, my infatuation with Leonardo DiCaprio is constrained by time. <laughs> Would you say that the beach is your cutoff? Yeah, that, absolutely. 100%. Yep. It's all downhill from there. It is. It's true. But, mm, I don't, see, we just rewatched um, um, Wolf of Wall Street, and, like, he's really fucking funny. Like, he he's, looks good, and he's hilarious. I think he's a good actor and he's, I agree, he's funny, but he's, he doesn't, he doesn't rev my engines the same way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I made a tile mosaic of the Titanic poster. It's all coming out now. Oh, Kara. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. My I mom think was super so into that as a craft at the time. And then I was like, well, I'll try this. And that's what I did. <laughs> Perfection. I love it. Wow. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a Leonardo DiCaprio like fan book that we got for you for christmas yes there was and the thing was like i had that book in the 90s too like it was like an old friend returning after years away at sea (laughs) Uh, there were so i mean when he was really popular like the internet was aol like they you couldn't go places to just watch videos of him like you can watch interviews you couldn't really download like you know print photos on demand i remember like the teen beats but also like my mom would buy like the uh, examiner and all like whatever the inquirer and stuff. So they, yeah. So they would have like, you know, the, the celebrity gossip and I'd be cutting photos out of that to put on my binder or, you know, hoping that maybe he'd be on the guest on Rosie O'Donnell this afternoon. So (laughs) (laughs) I planned my day around it. I hope that if you're listening and you're under the age of 30, you're really understanding how serious fandom was back in the 90s. It wasn't as easy as Google. Like, Kara was committed to her craft. And (laughs) that fan book that came back into her life, it was almost like the heart of the ocean where the old lady dropped it at the end. And then it came back to her years later. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. So thank you for sharing that, Kara. The monetary value has not increased, but the, the emotional value, absolutely. Priceless. It's priceless. So uh, has anyone switched their vote or are we still three for Leo, one for Christian? I will switch to Leo. Yes! Leo wins. You did it. All the losing was worth it. (laughs) (laughs) For this. Uh, Luke Perry versus Chris O'Donnell. Um, I think I I will speak on behalf of Chris O'Donnell here. And uh, my argument is basically bat nipples. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Preach. (laughs) So we, in the previous round, had discussed the Caesar haircut and how Pacey and George Clooney were kind of the big proponents of that. But so was Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell was right there. And was his Robin really like, I'm a big comic book geek, so his Robin bore literally no resemblance to any Robin who has ever Robin, mm-hmm. like at all. But it didn't matter because he was hot as fuck in that in those movies. He was the best part about those movies, I would argue. And um, he was brooding and a 
dick, but you still wanted to fuck him and you were hoping that he and Batman were getting it on. And I was very into it. I was very into the whole mystique. So he also has aged very well. He's making that cheap, easy CBS money on whatever CSI show he's on. <laughs> um, and I personally put him over Luke Perry, but I'm willing to argue this. No, don't leave me. Eric, I just want to say that Chris O'Donnell is also in School Ties, the uh, Boys at the Private School movie that you should check out. I'm writing that down. I need to see this. Right? That that's Watch that with a bottle of Jerkins next to you. But, um, <laughs> it's Jerkins, Eric. Jerkins. Is, is it Curtis? Is it? <laughs> it it's a serious movie? Is that is going to bum me out? Carissa? Kind of, yeah. It's about um, anti- anti-Semitism at the private boys' school. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Carissa. You know, That's going to get mansions revving. <laughs> there's a lot of like white shirts, and I think I remember some shower scenes, and there's definitely like a pillow fight. I don't know. <laughs> what I'm hearing is if I turn this into like a gay bar experience where I put that on mute and have like colors and thumping bass music in the background, I'm fine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Got it. Charge admission. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> who wants to speak on, on behalf of the late departed Luke Perry? Crickets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to advance Chris O'Donnell and his smirk to round three. As well, you should. As oh. well, you should. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Brad Pitt versus John Stamos. This is a little bit older skewing. They're not teens in the 90s, but I do think that they were highly crushable by teens. So Carissa, talk to me about Brad Pitt. I don't understand how this is even like a competition because Brad Pitt, he, okay, so he wasn't a teen, but he was definitely a heartthrob because as we have already semi-mentioned, Thelma and Louise, right? Like everybody remembers him because this is totally what you were saying. Like, the dirt bag that's super fuckable that you totally want. Like he's adorable and he's terrible, but you also love him because he's adorable. Like it's everything rolled into one. And then he did Legends of the Fall. Do you remember? The I do. Hair, mm. You know, like he mm-hmm. just, and then he was in seven. And then at the very end of the nineties was when he did Fight Club. And so you get, all of the hair. He was in an interview with the vampire. And then by Fight Club, he doesn't have the hair. And then you get to see his jawline. Like, mm. what? You can't handicap this man. <laughs> you can't. It's a great dirtbag arc for him. It really is. <laughs> like, he's every flavor of dirtbag in the 90s. And they're all very different. Mm hmm. All very different. And he has aged incredibly well. If we're- incredibly well. He still looks really good. Uh, Curtis. How about John Stamos? John Stamos was the 90s. And now he's a fucking beautiful man. But he (laughs) was the 90s. He was Uncle Jesse. He was everyone's uncle. Or at least you wanted him to be. Because he was so, so sexy. He had... He had the hair. He was the hair. I don't know how you could go up against John Stamos and argue hair. Because John Stamos is the winner. It doesn't matter who you put him up against. Full House was on every Friday night. TGIF. I would I would be in front of that fucking TV every Friday just for John Stamos. And he has turned into honestly, he's hotter now. Like this isn't even fair. If we did hot thro- heart throbs of the 20 whatever we're in, 20s, uh, so sad. Um, he would be on my list because he is such a sexy man. I did not watch Thelma and Louise because I wasn't allowed, because I was too young. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch, I well, 
I watched Outrageous Fortune, which is where I learned my first curse word. I said fuck at the age of four. <gasps> Brad, I don't think Brad Pitt was in that. Ben Midler was. Um, John Stamos is a beautiful man, and I know that you all are going to vote against me, but I would be a horrible 90s child if I did not go down in flames for John Stamos. Going down in flames for John Stamos. Now, that's my idea of a good Saturday night. Put that on a shirt. Exactly. Um, he started the 90s, I think, with a ponytail, right? And then he cut it off like four or five seasons into Full House and it was even hotter. It turned into kind of like Johnny Osmond hair, like or Donnie, Donnie Osmond hair. It was like Elvis hair a little bit. Like. Yeah, yeah. But I never had, had a crush on him in like a romantic way. I just kind of wanted him to be my dad. <laughs> oh, no. I, it's a daddy thing, apparently. Yeah. For the gay boys, it was it's like, true. I want you to be my daddy. Yeah, no, this the is The ladies, bad. maybe different. You let me listen to cool music, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Which... He'll play it for you, honey. Exactly. Ooh. It's like, you it's the what? corniest thing, but it like, honestly, it worked to his favor somehow that he was involved in that. Didn't like every, because that was in Disney World too, right? Like that was the episode of They All Go Disney World, which I think every TGIF mm-hmm. show went yes. to Disney World for an episode. Boy Meets yes. World did, yes. Yep. Roseanne absolutely did. Synergy. Synergy, corporate synergy. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> I will say this. Number one, I do think we need to do a DILF bracket, which will be separate <gasps> because I think Mr. Stamos would be a very high seed there. I mean, so would Brad Pitt, but um, personally, I love John Stamos. Uh, he was a crush for sure of mine, but I have to go with Brad Pitt on this one. Brad Pitt is like, prime 100% grade A beef and uh, I'm not going to deny that. So all in favor of Brad Pitt? Aye. 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 Sorry, John. Boo. (laughs) Sorry, Curtis. He's okay. Brad Pitt is the hotter man. He is the hotter man of the two, but John Stamos to me is more nineties. It's, it's hard to argue. Uh, Jared Leto versus Jonathan Taylor Thomas. This is a weird matchup. And (laughs) Kara, I want you to speak to JTT because there's a whole lot to unpack there. So JTT was like the training wheels for any 90s crush. Like that was, I think, of of people of a certain age, that was your first television crush. I mean, he had everything. He had the hair, but he also had what a lot of our other uh, competitors didn't have at this point in the brackets, the three name name. Mm. (laughs) Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and Mm. he was on the show with Zachary Ty Bryan and Taryn Noah Smith. I mean, we get a little bit with Mark Paul Gossler, but he had that three name thing. He was everywhere and he was like and he's a bit of a smart ass like of the three kids in the home improvement family like he was the, he was the one you could at least hold a you know the older it was zach or no i forget mm-hmm. the, the oldest one. yeah yep. um, he's terrible. zachary ty Ryan, but i don't remember his his stage and what he was in the show but he was kind of a a, a, a oaf like he was a doofus yeah. He was the a- younger one was a bit of a minkus. You didn't want to talk to him. JGT yep. was the cool one. He's the one you wanted to hang out with. And, you know, if you were of a certain persuasion, you absolutely wanted to get it with him. Totally. That's, a, that's an excellent encapsulation. I know there is some weirdness because he was like 10 to like 14 <laughs> on that show. So but so was I. Part. So I don't feel weird saying it. Exactly. <laughs> and I was even a little bit older than he was. But like you could not deny he was a heartthrob. Like he was everywhere. Charisma. Yeah. Like he went, you know, toe to toe with a sap. Like, I mean, granted, it's, you know, in a sitcom, but to, you know, like seasoned actors and he could hold his own. He could. And like he was hugely popular in the 90s. It's actually, frankly, surprising to me that he did not parlay that into a more successful adult career because that guy was 
everywhere in the 90s. He was almost Macaulay Culkin level. He lost his cuteness a bit. Like he, because he, he showed up in Smallville or in one of the earlier seasons of that. And I was just like, oh, so this is where that went. <laughs> like it just, the magic was lost a bit. But I remember like he was, he, he was in a few movies at that point too. I remember Man of the House because he's paired with Chevy Chase, oh, who was trying to be his new stepdad. And I loved that movie. It was the 90s. They were a different time. Does anybody <laughs> want to argue in favor of Jared? No. Carissa? I mean, I'm. It, is no one else on my side here? Is it just no. me? I will say this. If I had to pick one for personal reasons, I would go with Jared because he was more my age range and he was crushable. <laughs> he's not 14. <laughs> right. Uh, because I would rather not, you know, be arrested for pedophilia. But in terms of like cultural impact, I think it's hard to deny that JTT was like one of the preeminent heartthrob teens of the 1990s. Okay, so maybe this is showing my age, but like he was borderline too young for me, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why, because he, again, feels like your friend's little brother who's cute, but like not, you don't crush there because you're like a generation older, which in like teen years is like two years, you know? So Jared, like who didn't want to be Angela Chase? bailing on class to hang out in the boiler room and make out with him. Like she got to do that repeatedly. And <laughs> I don't know anyone who was like 15 in the, you know, when the show was on and who isn't still like, I'm still like Jordan Catalano five ever, like five ever. He, yeah, he, I have him winning this entire thing. Spoiler. <laughs> so you can't tell me, you know, JTT is better because I, I will never agree. I was more of a Rayanne Graff girl, but I don't know what that says about me. Well, their circles kind of overlapped in the Venn diagram of bad, you know, bad decisions by high schoolers. They ran in kind of the same circles. Absolutely. But in terms of like overall, uh, this is why I'm making my decision pro JTT. For cultural impact, I would argue that JTT was a bigger deal than Jordan Carolano, because as much as we love my so-called life and as much as it was hugely important to you, me and assorted other teens from a like cultural impact, it was not a hugely watched show. And he really didn't start to become a thing until I would argue the early 2000s. Well, and unfortunately, the show only went one season and I feel like that probably shot him in the foot. Although we do need to recognize his continued cultural relevance with his great contributions to Fog Madness. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. A strong, strong Fog Madness contender. 100%. Um, All right. We're going to put it to a vote. All those in favor of JTT. Hi. Yeah, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) You down with JTT? (laughs) All right, he's advancing. I'm sorry, Carissa. You should be. <laughs> I, am. I am. All right, the next one we have Ryan Philippi versus Mark Wahlberg. Curtis, walk me through nature. Ryan Philippi is. Oh man, he he is everything that I ever wanted in the '90s, and Cruel Intentions, which I think is really the peak of my sexual anything it's 2020 and that was Mm -hmm. the peak so cruel intentions was was it like you wanted the bad boy who was like he was truly bad i think he was the reason that i cheered for every villain in any like action adventure show i ever watched that pool scene was it he was 
so attractive. He's not a good actor. I'll just <laughs> say that. Like when you think of, hmm, was he? Did he act the role well? Like, well, he was a bitch. Sure, okay, he did that well. But like, I, there's just something about Ryan Phillippe that when you talk about like '90s heartthrobs, he's he's got to be in the conversation. And for me, I think I had him as the winner. Yeah, I mean, he has all the range of like his four letters, right? There's just nothing there. And and yep. there still isn't, like even years down the line. God bless him. He's beautiful to look at and he has yes. presence. He has a screen presence, but he's not exactly a dynamic actor. No. Um cr- cruel intentions, first of all, for I am always shocked at how many people under the age of 30 have not watched Cruel Intentions. And I yeah. want to encourage you, I want to Go and watch it now. I know you're like, oh, it's old and I'm not into anything above 2000 or before 2000. Like, you will fucking love it. It was totally ahead of its time. There is fucking, there's gay, there's, it's vicious. It's so good. And of course, it is the teen version of Dangerous Liaisons. So Mm -hmm. once you watch Cruel Intentions, go back and watch the Glenn Close version of Dangerous Liaisons. Educate yourself. But um, (laughs) he's got like, he looks like a Greek statue, like his face. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Just classically good looks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I would also say it is not a good movie. And I will point this out, but 54, if you haven't watched it, it's it's plagued by a lot of behind the scenes stuff. He was supposed to have a full arm, like gay story arc in that movie and they edited it out. But um, he's very hot in 54 and totally like crushable in that movie as well. So anybody want to argue in favor of Mark Wahlberg over Ryan Phillippe? Crickets. Oh, yeah. thank God. Oh, oh, thank God. We're advancing Ryan on. Next, it's the Save by the Bell death match I've been waiting for. It's Mario <laughs> Lopez versus Mark Paul Gosselaar. And this is where my personal stake comes into this. I have Mark Paul Gosselaar going to the final two, I think. He is one of my like original, original crushes. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about scumbags who you can't possibly not be attracted to? Yep. Zach Morris is that guy. Like he is a dick. He's horrible to everyone, but he's there's he's so charismatic. He he just is. And he could get away with breaking the camera or excuse me, breaking the fourth wall and just kind of being this smarmy piece of shit little guy. And you just wanted to fuck him. Even when you were like 12, you're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) So many awful relationships were like christened by that, like exposure to Zach Morris. It's true. And I really do. This conversation is making me realize that if you had to encapsulate the nineties guy in pop culture, it is the fucking asshole douchebag, but who is so charismatic that you don't care. You still fuck him. You're going to end up with a trick to the free clinic, but it's going to be worth it. Like, (laughs) That is the guy of the 90s. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's true for any other decade that I can think of. So that's my spiel on Mark Paul Gosselaar, except to say in the Saved by the Bells college years shortlist spinoff, he was like fully hot in that. His hair was longer. <laughs> he had the floppy hair going. He had the ripped jeans and like the plaid shirt going on. He'd beefed up some. Like, Yeah, I was going to say, did he get ripped? He did. He was looking right. Agreed. Agreed. I forgot about I forgot about how he looked in the college years. I had him winning here against Mario Lopez, but now I'm doubling down on that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the movie he's in that was like just after that? The um where he has oh, black hair. No, no. The one where he's like college roommate killed like and Rebecca yeah, suicide already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they he has black hair in that. Yeah, I can't think what it's called. But he was I, hot, like 
super hot in that too. Super hot in that. And he also played basically another sociopath in that movie, but it was very compelling. Like he's good. And he has a very robust career. Like he's been on shows consistently since then. Like I don't think the man has stopped working in major network shows. So in my opinion, it's Mark Paul Gosselaire. Any arguments? Okay. Dead man on campus. Dead man on campus. Was Tom Everett Scott the other one in that? I think it was Tom Everett Scott, who also weirdly should be on this poll and is not because yep. he was very crushable in the 90s. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. Really? Oh, my god! What else is he in? Carissa. He was in everything. He was in um, That Thing You Do. He he was like the main guy in That Thing You Do. Oh, with the floppy curly hair. The floppy the curly one. hair. Yeah, I'm, I'm Google imaging him right now. He's in so yeah, many yeah, things. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Next, we have Devin Sawa versus Matt Damon. And I would like Curtis to speak on why he's advancing Devin. Did I? No. You think Matt Damon should go forward? I did. I put Matt Damon forward. Okay. Well, this is easy for me. I will gladly vote for Matt Damon. Does anyone want to speak on behalf of Nameless Twink number four? I do not object to Damon. I also have Damon. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We're moving on. By Devin. He, by the way, I want to point out he was a number one seed. Crazy talk. Crazy no. Talk. Okay. So here, I will argue that. I will at least argue that he deserved to be a higher seed because for the people who are younger of our generation, it's weird. It's a weird X. Well, no, wait. Are you all? Yeah. X, Y split. Like the X and the millennial split where we kind of melded together. Devin Sawa deserved to be a higher seed for a 90s heartthrob because that's really what he was and then fizzled and there's nothing left. If you look at most of the people on this list, they actually had careers that carried on. I guess Devin Sawa is actually on some CBS or NBC show now and he actually is much more interactive than he was at that point. But no, Matt Damon is a more attractive, better heartthrob there's a shirtless scene in Goodwill Hunting that I found moving forward. <laughs> Devin Sawa is a solid follow on Twitter, by the way. Is he really? Yep. Why? Oh, he's just fun to follow. Like I, I remember fo- like adding him not too long ago, and I was like, wait, like from Casper? And he's just, I don't know, it's good content. I'm here for it. Occasional photos. All right. Uh, um, I will also say this controversial hot take. I find Ben Affleck hotter than Matt Damon. I do. No. <laughs> I'm going to put the asterisk that the back tattoo, I do not approve of in any possible way, but I think overall I find him more attractive. I'm than with you a little bit only because I imprinted on him first because I don't know if anyone else, <laughs> but we would watch these videos in like sixth grade about like learning about uh, marine biology. And it was called the Voyage of the, the Mimi. Mimi. Yes. Voyage of the Mimi. <laughs> yes. Queen. And that's like, that was my first Catholic exposure. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm here. Oh my god! No, that would be such a good drag name. <laughs> Voyage à la Mimi. Voyage à la Mimi. Like that's Voya is great. the first name. Voya. Voyage à la Mimi. Oh. <laughs> there you go, Eric. We've done it. We have found Shut down track. the podcast. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. I haven't talked about that. Like the words felt dusty coming out of my mouth. I was like. <laughs> That just means you need to be putting more things in your mouth on a more regular basis. (laughs) Amen. Uh, The the last battle we have for round two is Ryder Strong versus Paul Rudd. And this is going to be rough. So Curtis, go ahead and defend Ryder Strong because I'm about to come at you. Uh, Ryder, we've so many of the things that have been said already 
about Ryder Strong. He was the reason to watch Boy Meets World. He is the quintessential 90s bad boy to me. Like the 90s bad boy is bad, but not quite so bad that you want to put him in jail. That's Ryder Strong. He's like juvie bad. He's like, you probably want to serve detention with him bad. You might want to go home with him after and teach him how to do algebra because he probably doesn't know, but you love him anyway. Like Ryder Strong was for me, like the nineties bad boy. He, I think is the only bad boy that moved forward in my bracket. Um, if you, I don't count Ryan Phillippe because that's not bad boy. That's that is literally like in jail. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly surprised that I am the lone person out here for Ryder Strong. Honestly. Does anybody else want to promote Mr. Strong over Paul Rudd? Absolutely not. I'm so torn because I love, I do love Ryder Strong, but I like when you put him against Paul Rudd, that's where it's it's falling apart for me. And I think that's the issue. Uh, like I, I don't dismiss anything that has been said about Ryder Strong. Not my type, but I get all of it. But it's Paul Rudd, and I just have to say, Josh from Clueless. Like even if that was literally the only movie he ever did, he just stopped at Josh from Clueless total crushable like that moment where she's at the fountain and she realizes she's totally but crazy in love with josh and the fountain goes on and the celine dion music is playing i was like <laughs> we all felt that we were all share horowitz in that moment we're like yes we're all totally but crazy in love with josh he's so cute and so sweet and so smart and he's a little bit of a smart ass but not a douchebag and he's protective of her like come on on Josh and Clueless. Like I argue that Josh and Clueless is like the best 90s boyfriend ever. I mean, absolutely. I'm I'm just saving a lot of my arguments for him for the later rounds because he's gotta go far. And, and I will say Paul Rudd had other numerous big movies in the 90s because he was in Romeo and Juliet, he was in Cider House Rules. Like he had a great career. Was he a, a I will say this. He was never the kind of heartthrob that your Brad Pitts were, that your Leonardo DiCaprio was, where the girls were swooning over him. But Paul Rudd's the one you take home to mom. Like Paul Rudd's mm. the one you end up with. The other ones are the one are like the fucking run boys. <laughs> he's like the middle, he's like the Scott Wolf, but like with more of an edge, you know, because Scott Wolf is so like you know, dimple, squeaky clean. Like, yeah, he's the one you bring home to your parents. But Paul Rudd, like, you can bring home. But he's also, like, wears a leather jacket and maybe wants a motorcycle, you know. He's safer. He's safer. He's a little bit of a smartass, though. So it's, like, not as boring as Scott Wolf. But sidebar, right. why is Scott Wolf on, on, on this bracket? Shame on you voters, because Scott Wolf is totally a heartthrob. But so he's got that kind of all the good parts, but enough of an edge that, like, you know he's not going to be boring in bed. Like, you know, he's going to want to try some some sucio shit. And so I think that... Su sucio? Oh, you mean like the Spanish word, sucio. <laughs> I was like, studio? Su -su studio? What? <laughs> Listen, he may be into Phil Collins too. I don't know his life. <laughs> he just plays it in the car so your dad will like, start to like him. I know why. I know why now. Clueless came out in 1995. Correct. So that means I was nine. Hmm. Have you right? never watched Clueless? I think, no, no, no. I think I have since that point. And sure, like, but it wasn't a sexual awakening in the same way that I think it was for all three of you in yeah. that, like, you were in your teens at that point, at the, like, a very 
sensitive point to be influenced by this very kind but smarmy but sexy teenager that you could relate to. And I missed that. So I get it. I I am not arguing that he should not move forward. But for me, Ryder Strong was that person. That makes complete sense. And I, again, I think the keyword here is smarmy because, again, that is the 90s guy, right? Yep. That's that's the guy. Um, I want to share with you. I'm going to take a little bit of a, a departure to share with you. The first time I watched Clueless was on a junior trip to see Phantom of the Opera in Toronto on a bus with my junior class. And there was no audio. So we were just watching a VHS copy of Clueless. And I was <laughs> wrapped with attention, lip reading everything that was happening on that screen. I'd never seen it. And I was like, this movie's fucking amazing. So that was my first experience to Clueless. And I still fell in love with Paul Rudd in that moment. Wow. There you go. That's the 90s, kids. You need to get into it. <laughs> VHS tapes with no audio. Yep. That's right. <laughs> On the bus. So yep. we have our full round two compliment. Uh, so now we, we've finished the Sweet 16. We're coming into the Elite Eight. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to go from the Elite Eight to our, our ultimate winner. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey, girl, we're back for the last section of the great pop culture debate, 90s teen heartthrobs edition, and we are down to the elite eight. It's very exciting. I'm actually personally very pleased with who we ended up with. It's Leonardo DiCaprio versus Chris O'Donnell. We have Brad Pitt versus Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Ryan Phillippe versus Mark Paul Gosselaire, and Matt Damon versus Paul Rudd. It is a sausage fest up in here. <laughs> We're going to take it to the first battle, Leonardo DiCaprio versus Chris O'Donnell, one seed versus two seed. Who do we think advances? Is this really a battle? I don't think so. I have a pretty obvious choice. <sighs> I know who everybody else picked, and I picked the other person. <laughs> Well, speak on it. Let's hear it. Chris O'Donnell is so fucking hot. Like, Bat, bo- bat Boy? No, Robin. Sorry. Sorry, Aaron. How sorry. dare you? I know. <laughs> but I didn't care what he was called. I just cared what he looked like. Like, this was Nipples. literally 90s porn for a child, I think. And I'm, I hear the sirens right now. They're coming for me. But No, listen. Joel Schumacher directed those movies. They were absolutely intended to be porn. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Good to know, because that's what I was picking up. He put it down, and I picked it up. Chris O'Donnell had everything. And like even outside of the built-in armor that showed all of his different muscles, he had them all. That was the thing that made it so amazing. He was so, so attractive. Leonardo DiCaprio, for me, was like, meh. Like, he was on that boat, and then the boat went down, and then no one was really sad. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. No. What happened to your heart? <laughs> I never had one, honey. <laughs> it froze in the ocean. Like, okay, it's so, been 39 years. How? 89? 89? Something years? like that. Mm, whatever. But I can still smell the fresh paint. But <laughs> never been slept in. The China was brand new. This is not the Titanic podcast. This is the hottest man in the 90s podcast. But he was still the hottest man in the 90s. 
And I say that as someone who paid full price for a ticket to see Man in the Iron Mask because there <laughs> were two of him in it. And let me say, like, Carissa, I think you want to jump in and explain that, like, you were saying this is the hottest 90s man podcast, but, like, that is why Leon was the answer. Go on. Yeah, well, if he weren't so hot, we never would have gotten the hand on the foggy window shot. Okay? Ugh. Like, yes, exactly. Like, Leo has to, has to go forward as a 90s heartthrob, even though I love Chris O'Donnell. If and- Chris O'Donnell was the lead in Titanic, the movie wouldn't have been as big. No, it's true. absolutely not. Yeah. And I, I think, Curtis, this is one of those things where there's like that that weird little age gap we have because you didn't see Titanic in the movie theater, I'm assuming. Mm, 1993, right-ish? No, it was 1997, yeah. I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. is it? Wow, okay. Yeah. Fifth grade, so probably not. Okay. So, And I was a teenager with disposable income, so I saw it eight <laughs> times in the theater. How many times did you see it in the theater, Kara? I think at least eight. Okay, and Carissa, how many times did you see it in the theater? I think three. And I saw it two. So like that needs to show to you, like it was an event and it was because of Leo and Kate. It, it was like, uh, yes, it was an engulfing story and it was really well made and all those things. It's all true. And I got the two VHS set when it came out. Same did I. Yeah. It was not an easy movie to see multiple times because it was like three and a half hours long. Yeah. And I had to drive an hour to get to the movie theater. So it's like, it's like an entire, it was a thing, like planning it out. And how many times were you turned away from wanting to see the movie? Because you had to buy your ticket in person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I I think three times before I even got to see it. Do you remember when to find out the movie times, you either need a newspaper or you had to call the answering service? Oh, yeah. Movie phone. Yes. We did not have that that. in the States. No, we had to call the theater and it played like a recording. No. Oh, yeah. We had the newspaper period we called the person at the movie theater because that was kentucky (laughs) that was that was poverty just in case you all were interested poverty but like it really was an event and it was because of leo and kate and kate's kate is a separate issue but i saw that movie for the first time in the theater with my speaking of kate's my friend kate reculia who's also a panelist on this podcast and Kate Reculia was crying before they even got onto the boat because she was so moved. Seriously. And I was like, Kate, what is the matter? And she's like, look at all of those hats that are going to be in the bottom of the ocean. Hats. It was an an event, Curtis. Also, at the same time, I'm watching it with my best friend, Bob, and we are laughing hysterically at the scenes where people are falling and hitting the propellers and screaming. Yes. Yes. We couldn't stop laughing. And old ladies behind us in a pack, they're like, stop it. Stop it. You're terrible. Stop it. Like... It was a cultural thing. And again, as, as someone, I don't remember if it was Chris or, or Kara pointed out, if you had anybody else in that lead role, anyone else, it would not have worked. I, I will give you this, Curtis. I think that if you're talking about hotness, Chris O'Donnell is hotter. He is sexier. He that he is a man. Leo was a boy. He was cute. He was, you could crush on him. But ultimately, heartthrobs, I think it's Leo. I mean- no one has yet mentioned the fact that Leonardo plays Romeo. Yes. In the Romeo and Juliet. It's true. And he was iconic in that role. Like it was made for him. Absolutely. Him and Claire Danes. That was like, that was like our generational prom king and queen. That was the one I ran out to get like the, I had the soundtrack from it. And again, the smoking Leo poster from it. Yep. Smoke. Yep. Uh, uh- Soundtrack, by the way, that that soundtrack's amazing. It's a killer soundtrack. Children under 30, go listen to the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Every track on it is 
amazing. I mean, just, I mean, Baz Luhrmann, there we go. Because yep. yep. the only go. movie I saw more than Titanic was Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. Which is its own uh, uh, podcast about uh, <laughs> 2000s movies. So we have three for Leo. You all enjoy your sack of potatoes. I'm going <laughs> to go with Chris O'Donnell. No, he looks like a sack of potatoes now, but he didn't back then. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Smaller sack of potatoes. Oh. And he's very—he was very good to his mom. Was he? I didn't know this. Yes. Well, there you go. So they needed to be a bad boy that you could fix, but they needed to be okay to their mom. Okay. Well, I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> I think that's true, though. I actually because like if they're bad to their moms, they're going to be bad to you ultimately, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's that psychology. You want a bad boy with like the mom heart tattoo because he cares. Because mm. he cares. Uh, and. <laughs> So we're advancing Leo to the final four. For the next batch, we have Brad Pitt versus JTT, another one where it's hot versus cute. So I'm going to open the floors. It's a man versus a boy, and it feels to me like an unfair battle because Brad Pitt all the way. No. (laughs) No, like I have to put my hand over my mouth. No. Let's hear it. Curtis. Jonathan, the fact that you all called him JTT throughout this entire goddamn podcast means that it means something. Like, you know him as three letters because he meant something to you. The 90s were of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Home improvement was what it was, not because of Tim Allen and his, uh, but because of JT fucking T. Like, yes, he was a tween. He was my age, probably. And no, he wasn't a man and he wasn't sexy, but he was the heartthrob of the youth. Yeah, but what was he in? Like one crappy network television show? But that's the thing is that despite all this time and his lack of career since then, you still say JTT and you know exactly who everyone's talking about. That, Thank that's you. how big his presence was. Yes, that's that's what I was trying to get at. Like Brad Pitt is still Brad Pitt. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is, I'm not really sure. But in the 90s, JTT was fucking JTT. And to be fair, home improvement was colossal in the 90s. I think that th- sucker was pulling in like 20 mil a week during its peak uh, viewers. It was huge. So I, I hear that. Um, Kara, where are you weighing in on here? Because I have one on each side right now. JTT, 100%. Yes, Kara. In the frame of 90s heartthrob. Like that, like, you know, right. again, if it's now, I who knows what he looks like or what it, what he's doing now, but... I kind of wish, like someone said earlier, like I kind of wish he had the Macaulay Culkin vibe where he was just kind of kooky and weird and showed up in different places. But and on cocaine, sure, <laughs> whatever it takes. Cocaine in the best of days, I think it's a lot worse. It's a lot worse than that. Um, I, I so I hear all of those arguments. My thing is this: if we're talking about cultural importance, Brad Pitt was a, a fireball for sure. But JTT was the heartthrob. And if that's what we're going for, I have to throw my my vote to JTT. I think he deserves to be in the final four just from his sheer cultural cachet as like a tiger beat heartthrob. Agreed. I'll agree with you on that because I, I do think Brad Pitt became famous for his heartthrob status kind of beyond the uh, age group of the teen beat tiger bop, whatever audience. Agree. Yeah. Like Brad Pitt was the one that you wanted to bang no matter what age group you were in. Yeah. Like you wanted to, but so did your mom. For sure. And then you had awkward conversations. Right. And that's gross. 
<laughs> you didn't talk about it together, but like you wanted to, and then like you heard your mom talking to her friends about like that cute Brad Pitt, and you were like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so, Carissa, ugh. I totally wanted to talk to my mom about how I wanted to fuck Brad Pitt. That's absolutely <laughs> what happened in Appalachia. <laughs> All right, we have Ryan Phillippe versus Mark Paul Gosselaar. You know how strongly I argued for MPG in the previous rounds, but in this one, I swing it to Ryan Phillippe, who I do think, I do, I do. I think, uh, listen, I have a Funko Pop of Zach Morris. That should say nothing. But in terms of teen heartthrobs, I'm going with Philippi here because, yes, you had Saved by the Bell and, and all that stuff. But Philippi was that whole, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Reese Witherspoon and Freddie Prince Jr. was kind of like a new Brat Pack thing. And they totally worked. I, I think Philippi is the, one, the winner here. Objections? I know what I did last summer, and it was Ryan fucking Philippi. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Kara, where are you weighing in? I I don't disagree, but maybe and this is just, you know, me be my own personal experience. Like I didn't have the same level of exposure. Like he was in a few movies, but like Zach Morris was like in my living room every Saturday morning on Saved by the Bell. So I think I just have that affinity towards, but I'm I'm definitely not anti Ryan Phillippe. So Carissa? He's on the later I'm looking at his IMDB. He's on the later part of the 90s um i know what you did last summer was 97 and then cruel intentions was 99 but cruel intentions was like that was a very adult movie it was for mm-hmm. teens like starring teens but that movie is really it that was very eye-opening for me and i imagine for a lot of other teens who saw it at the time and i, I guess i would have been like a senior in high school when i saw that but yeah he so he wasn't he, you didn't see him as frequently in the 90s as you saw Zach Morris, who was Zach Morris from the eighth grade years all the way through the college years. So like he was in who knows how many episodes of Save of the Bell. But I think Ryan Phillippe was like, yeah, he was like the grown up. He made he made you feel like a grown up when you were still a teenager. He was grown and sexy before we even knew what that was. <laughs> right. But he knew what that was and he like owned it and he kind of oozed it. And it was like a thing you wanted to get closer to so you could find out about that too. They make a cream for that. (laughs) But would you want to take it? (laughs) No. Ryan Phillippe, because he comes in towards the end of the 90s and he's almost beyond the 90s, whereas Zach Morris is just so 90s, it, it oozes out of him. Like he's just, we talked, he's like the stereotypical... 90s guy like in all of the best and worst ways so i think when it comes to like your your 90s heartthrob he's just so 90s i agree and again like you know how strongly i pushed for zach morris but in my gut here i throw it to ryan i think he is a better heartthrob than zach who is to me more of a crush i know i know that sounds like i'm making a a a there's no difference, but to me there is. There's a difference between crush and heartthrob. When you think of two guys that you had crushes on in high school, and one of them is named Zach, and one of them is named Sebastian, which <laughs> one of them is sexier? Yeah, I'm gonna say it's, it's Sebastian. It's yeah. Sebastian every time because he's like 
mysterious. Ryan Phillippe added the mysterious layer over top of the asshole that Zach Morris brought to the table. It's a hard one. I agree. I think this may be the hardest one for me, but personally, I'm voting for Ryan. So it sounds like we have three for Ryan, one for Mark. Yeah, I I feel like I want to stay with Mark, but I I don't dislike. I'm okay with this. I I think the obvious answer is that both Ryan and Mark Paul Gosselier need to come and make personal visits to our homes <laughs> yeah I can't and we can decide. test drive them I need, and then i need experience i need i need more data i've got a data. couple hall passes that's fine there you go paul walker was one of them and that's freed up yep that's freed up all right so for our last elite eight battle we have matt damon versus paul rudd um i'm personally on team rudd here always and forever i'll hear objections I got no objection to that. Yeah, I think Rudd I would have been the only one, but he's got the staying power. That's fine. Paul Rudd's staying power. I like the sound of that. <laughs> All right. All night long. All night long. So we have a final four of Leonardo DiCaprio versus JTT and Ryan Phillippe versus Paul Rudd. We're going to open it up with Leo versus JTT. You can't do this to me. <laughs> I can, and I have. God, so, what a battle of the ages. Make your choice. Oh, God. I think I said it earlier, like, JTT was, like, the training wheels. Like, I was able to love Leonardo DiCaprio because of how, like, because of how I love JTT. Right. <sighs> JTT was the... God, he's not even my winner, but JTT is, like, the quintessential 90s heartthrob. I'm going to throw it back at you, though, and explain that Leonardo DiCaprio was JTT before JTT was JTT because Leonardo DiCaprio got his start on Growing Pains, where he was like 10 to 12. Yes. And he was adorable little Moppet. And people noticed him. Like, he literally was like, people like, who's this kid on Growing Pains? Um, Was he a main character? He was like a foster kid. Yeah. yeah, he was like the cute young kid because Ben was kind of a whatever. Um, and they brought him in to kind of make him more interesting. So he was never a main, main character, but he was in the later seasons for sure. JTT walked so Leonardo DiCaprio could run. I, <laughs> I agree. And so I agree. That's, that's where I am with this when it comes to like the king of the heartthrobs. It's Leo for me. All right. Let's, let's hear it from anyone else for JTT then. I I have to go back to the same argument that the fact that we continue to call him JTT unprompted, like you all brought that up, it wasn't me, means something. Like it has to mean something. But we call Leo, Leo. Yeah, I was saying Leo's the same thing. If you like envision a, like a, one of those like pages from one of these magazines that has doodles all over it, one of those doodles is Leo with a heart. Anywhere, anywhere. These magazines had to be covered in Leo with a heart because, yeah, Leo was, we got to watch him grow up in the 90s. And he grew from, like, that likable younger brother to, like, he's dateable, you know, to then, like, he was so good that he was unattainable. So So let me say something. And this is going to hurt. (laughs) Maybe me. I might fucking cry. As you were saying that, I was thinking... I wasn't allowed to have those magazines. I wasn't allowed to be that kid that liked those people. Mm-hmm. And JTT, because he was on TV, on prime time, on a show that I was able to watch because I wasn't able to go to the movies by myself to enjoy whatever I wanted, JTT was available. And he was 
that's he was smart. He was the character that he played on Home Improvement was smart and I was smart. So it not only was someone that I was able to connect with on that level, like, oh, there's someone that's like me, but it was also someone that I was able to actually have a crush on without having to tell anybody about it. And there was no proof anywhere other than maybe like a journal that I held by myself that my mom found when I came out much years later. And that was all. Goddamn mom. Yeah, fucking. (laughs) But like, I wasn't allowed to have the teeny bopper magazines and like espouse my love for anyone outside of myself. So I think that's why I'm so connected to JTT. And, and that makes sense. I think that makes perfect sense. It's true for a lot of kids that were in that situation. But I still think from a cultural overarching perspective, I go with Leo acknowledging JTT was a giant too, but this is giant versus giant, right? Like, it is. It is. There's no wrong answer in this final two, but personally, I th- I'm swinging it to Leo. So I, I'm going to take Curtis's JTT, and I'm taking the other two as Leo's? Yes. Yep. All right. So that's uh, Leonardo's in the final two. And then our last final four contestants, it's Ryan Phillippe versus Paul Rudd. Again, Team Rudd. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like I'm getting royally fucked, and I, I'm not happy about it. Like, give me my money back. I do not enjoy this fucking. But you're getting fucked by Paul Rudd, so... Am I? Because I don't feel like I'm getting fucked by Paul Rudd. So there's that scene in Clueless toward the end when when Cher's sitting on the stairs with him and and she's having a really downer moment because she's questioning her self-worth. And he's telling her, you know, like, you're smart and you're gorgeous and all this stuff. And and at the end, she, she says you think I'm pretty? And he looks at her and he's kind of like, blah, blah, blah. and then he says, you know, you're, you know, you're gorgeous. And like that face that he makes when he says that is why he should win this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can literally picture that scene in my mind. And I think you literally got those lines word for word. I have like, seen this movie like 50 times. Cause you don't know the words, Eric, <laughs> because you watched it without <laughs> the words. He just knows you the internalize them. You read his lips. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I think that's a great point because, again, he's there's unassuming. Uh, he's unassuming. He's sweet. He's supportive. He's going to give you a little bit of a ribbing when you need it. He's not going to put up with your shit. He does not put up with with her mm-hmm. shit, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forgot Cher's name for a second. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> oh my god. I know it's terrible, but I I agree and. Uh, We've said many wonderful things about Ryan Philippi. He's a Greek god, a modern Greek god. All of those things are true. But in terms of, again, heartthrobs, I'm going Paul Rudd. And that's, uh, uh, he was not as popular. He was never as popular as Ryan Philippi in the 90s. He was like maybe a, a C-lister in the 90s. But I'm still, I'm championing Paul Rudd. I worry that you all are using Paul, like what Paul Rudd has become with the Marvel everything and no. even before Marvel took him over. Like I I wonder if because he is a beautiful man and a very, very talented actor, though I do wonder if he plays the same role in every film. I'm not going to put that up against Ryan Phillippe because I don't think Ryan Phillippe is a good actor. But in terms of the nineties, with especially I have to fall back on cruel intentions, that was like this that was nineties softcore porn that was available for everybody to watch without any kind of rating. Like if you're talking about a heartthrob that everyone wanted, it was the sexy, he wasn't French, but he had a French name student 
in Ryan Phillippe. But I think See, Clueless did a lot more for the generation as far as like language and dressing for women and like so much else. And if you wanted to talk about like softcore porn that was accessible, Wild Things was on everyone's VHS and you could oh get God, that yes. from the rentals <laughs> anytime. Oh. Oh, right? we need to do one on wild things. Oh my God, that movie's incredible. <laughs> that and Showgirls. Like there needs to be a like right? 90s ladies pick. Exactly. It's Kelly or uh, Jesse Spano all grown up. That is its own bracket. And I'm I'm completely <laughs> living for it already. Um, but that's a good point that Colas had a lot more cultural relevance in the 90s. And additionally, like Crew Intentions, it, it was popular. Don't get me wrong. But it did not, I don't think it was that big of a hit. Actually, I think it was scandalous and it had a moment. Remember Sarah Michelle Geller and Selma Blair making out at the VMAs or mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that and that was kind of the story for that movie, really, more than anything. It was like, oh my God, lesbians, right? Yeah. But Clueless was like it was defining for my generation. And and I think even though Paul Rudd was maybe not as big of a star as the kids from Cruel Intentions. Um, I, I do think that it was a bigger cultural movie. The other thing I'll say, which is interesting, is as you were talking, Curtis, I realized this is essentially a cruel intentions versus clueless argument, right? Because those are the two movies that we think about with these with these two actors. Yes, they've done mm-hmm. other things, but it's really those two pillars. And you were saying that everybody wants to be with Sebastian, but I don't think that's true. I think there were a lot of people watching that movie who were like, yeah, I'd fuck Sebastian, but I don't want to be with him. Like, he's a terrible person. Whereas... Josh is not like Josh is a great guy and you want to be with Josh. He's a heartthrob. Whereas Sebastian's a fuck boy. And Josh is a college boy and, and Sebastian's a high schooler who like wants to be bigger, but like Josh is a college boy. And if you were a high school girl in the nineties, like what you wanted to date was a college boy. That was it. I'm going to parry you all with IMDB and wild things. That's what you said. 1998 did not feature Paul Rudd. No, no, I know. It's softcore porn that you could right. rent. Oh, that's what you were going with. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought you were call- telling me a porn with Paul Rudd. And I was like, sign me up. But then I couldn't <laughs> find it. And you're like, lies. <laughs> Wild Things was very explicit. Like, if you thought Cruel Intentions was hotsy totsy wild like you saw kevin bacon's dick in that movie where the fuck was i well in 1998 i was a sixth grader so probably not looking at kevin what was that show where the kids like rent a copy of that to oh my gosh it's um pen 15 if you haven't watched 15 on hulu there's an episode where they rent that to watch it's like a boy girl party it's very good This has nothing to do with the topic at hand, but seriously, again, yeah. if you're under the age of 30, go and watch Wild Things. It's amazing. It mm-hmm. is, it's Nave Campbell, it's Denise Richards. Denise Richards, yeah. They are A trashy as hell. And it's some white t shirts. So good. And what's his face? Who's the other? Matt Dillon uh, is yes. the other guy in that movie. <laughs> oh. um, it is so watchable. In fact, I want to go watch Wild Things right after we finish doing this. But back to the topic at <laughs> With hand. With some Jerkins lotion. Exactly. Kara, <laughs> you've been quiet on this. Where do you land on Rudd versus Philippi? I have been volleying back and forth. Like, I've been kind of moving as, like, Curtis to make a good point. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's sacrilege, but I remember cruel, I remember cruel intentions more so than clueless as far as, like, movies I was paying attention to in this particular time frame. I didn't appreciate Clueless until much later. 
So yeah, if we're if we're just zeroing in on that time frame of like '90s for me, who is the bigger '90s heartthrob? Well, I certainly saw Paul Rudd in the '90s, and I appreciated him. I think, but like my attention was more towards Ryan Phillippe in the '90s. So are we eff- effectively deadlocked? I just think because Cruel Intentions came out in 1999, so like that's really pushing. I don't know. I feel like we already had four years of crushing on Paul Rudd. (laughs) That is a very, very slippery slope. You (laughs) cannot say that just because it was 99, it wasn't the 90s. It still has 90s in it. I can and have. (laughs) But if you look at the list of movies that came out in 1999, it's a crazy list. And you'll think to yourself that they couldn't have all possibly come out this year. So like 1999 was actually like three years combined into one. Oh, yeah. agreed. Agreed. And there is an argument that it's also like the best year for pop culture, period. Yeah. So that's a, that's another wow. podcast. Because um, everybody thought the world was ending. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so Ryan Phillippe versus Paul Rudd. Kara, your answer. Uh, I'm going to go Ryan Phillippe. Curtis, you're on Ryan. Phillippe. Carissa? Paul Rudd. I'm switching my vote to Ryan. Ah! Taking it to the streets. Yes. Man. I know. I know. But ultimately, uh, we have to get to a final two. Curtis was making a very compelling argument. Like, I was quiet just because I was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. The other reason I switched my vote is I ultimately think it's irrelevant. Because in the final two (laughs) between... Leonardo DiCaprio and Ryan Phillippe, I believe there's really only one clear answer. How dare you? It is absolutely Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Exactly. Does anyone disagree? Do we have a unanimous victor in Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, we have a unanimous victor. Yeah, it has to be Leo. Absolutely. We spent all all this time worrying about who we were going to push in front of the train for this one. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's true. Our sacrificial lamb. So. Yeah, you're welcome. Exactly. So there you have it, folks. Our ultimate pick for the best teen heartthrob of the 1990s is Leonardo DiCaprio. Obvious, perhaps, but what a journey to get there. Do you agree? I'm going to put this out there and you can edit it out if it's it's not okay. But if you uh, sponsor this podcast or through Patreon, I will upload a photo of the uh, tile mosaic I made of the Titanic oh uh, start. As Do you still have it? Oh, I just found it recently. That's why it was kind of hot, like fresh in my mind. We should sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it was good, but you can tell I it's didn't the Titanic say it was good. I love it. And yes, we can, this will be a Patreon thing or we'll just put it up on the website, yep. but I love I it. Put it up the there. Amazing. <laughs> Do you all agree with our pick for the best 90s teen heartthrob? Do you think we're totally off? Do you want the number for our crack dealer? Head to <laughs> head to thegreatpopculturedebate.com and tell us what you think. Plus, make suggestions for other topics for us to cover. I want to thank my panel. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to say that in a world full of fuckboys, make sure that you are your own best teen heartthrob. Have the best day ever and cheers. Cheers. Yay. Hey.